thank you for tuning in to another edition of Winning at Work. And this will be the last one for the year. So super excited to have you join in on this conversation with a very good friend of mine. His name is Mike Sipple Jr. He does a lot of things. He wears a lot of hats. But what I like is that he's focused on building the right culture in your organization. And he works with leaders to do that. So we're going to have a conversation about building a winning culture. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us. Joey, thank you for having me. Well, as you know, I typically play a game called Two Truths and a Lie to let people in on the person that I'm interviewing. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's give us your two truths and a lie, and I'll try to guess on air. Okay, um, let's see here. So I have uh, vacationed in Spain. I'm allergic to oranges, and I grew up traveling, playing video games, actually on a tournament level when I was uh, in high school. All right, so Spain, allergic to oranges, and traveled pro. <laughs> Competitively uh, for competitive video gaming. That's the word I was using. Competitive video gaming. When did you find out you were allergic to oranges? <laughs> um, with a sweet potato casserole, believe it or not. Um, so it was a sweet potato casserole, and you tasted yeah, it, so and something wasn't right. Yeah. So I was older, and a bit into a sweet potato casserole, and had a reaction, and my doctors figured out that I have an orange allergy. Wow. So do you remember how old you were? Oh, probably eighteen. 18. And you, you never had orange juice or orange slices. Yeah. So when I was a little kid, I did, but went several years without. And, um, you know, they say occasionally bodies can create and uh, come across new allergies. And I uh, am highly allergic to oranges. All right. Well, I can't say I've ever seen you um, drinking orange juice in any of your Instagrams or anything like that. Yeah, All yeah. right. Well, tell me, what do you like about Spain? What was the best part about Spain? Just the um, the experience of all of the food, all of the incredible, just seeing a different country through their lens, enjoying the locals, experiencing international travel. And there's something about the culture of Spain that we just absolutely love. And who'd you go with? Uh, my wife. All right. Tell me, what game did you play competitively when you were young? Counter-Strike and Unreal Tournament. Ah, do you still play Unreal? I have not played in a while, but I believe the game Fortnite is built on the Unreal Engine. Um, and my kids do play Fortnite, so uh, it's enjoyable watching them. So it passed from generation to generation. That's right. All right. Are, are they as good as you? Are they as good on Fortnite as you were on Unreal? You know, I'd have to say they're getting close. Not quite as good as I was, but they're sure getting close. All right. I'm going to guess that lie. Someone on LinkedIn said, hello, friends. We can't see on the chat. LinkedIn is kind of buggy with this, but we can't see who it is. So if you drop your name, we'll definitely give you a shout out. But hello back at you. I can't wait to figure out who you are. Uh, and if you've been listening to Mike's Two Truths and a Lie, go ahead and, and drop your guess. But... I am going to say that the lie was traveling to Spain. I'm going to go with that one. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know why? You know why I said that one is because um, you gave the like like basic answer of oh the food was great, <laughs> the food was amazing. Oh my gosh, you should have been there, especially that one time we had that one thing, that one meal. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was because I looked down when I was trying to come up with the idea of how to lie about going to Spain. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a hot seat, man. So that was John Balbino that said, hey. Hey, John. How are you, man? 
Hey, man, good to see you. I'm glad I had you on uh, last week. That was a, a great conversation. It um, sure was. Excited. And Alexis, she voted for the orange allergy. Hey, Alexis, how you doing? So it was the Spain trip. That was my guess from the jump. But I, I was just curious to learn a little bit more about you. And so I, I think we got that accomplished. So, so Mike, you wear a lot of hats, as I said. Your official title is co-founder, CEO, and podcast host for the Talent Management Institute, as well as 20-year president of Centennial Inc. Okay. Um, which hat do you do you like wearing the best? In addition to father, husband, all that fun stuff, which one do you like yeah. the best? Yeah. Yeah. So from a work perspective, you know, I've spent 19 years in, at Centennial. Um, it's a family owned executive search firm, a boutique executive search firm that really specializes in succession and building next generation high performing teams. However, I, I will share, I mean, the passion that led my dad and I to co-found the Talent Magnet Institute is kind of where my heart is right now. I mean, I I spend a great deal of time with Centennial, but we do have a professional leadership team at Centennial. So we're a family business that has continued to mature. And unlike many families um, at the size that we are, we've got a professional leadership team. Um, so right now, my heart, passion, and time is uh, focused at the Institute to really help our clients and the world elevate their leadership game. Well, COVID-19 has brought about kind of an opportunity for people to step up to the plate with their leadership. What are some of the things that you're seeing your clients doing, your students doing to really step up to the plate and improve their leadership? Well, the one thing is always continue to invest in yourself, right? So we're seeing people continue to invest in themselves even in this time, right? The other dynamic is listening. You know, I think this year's proven to all of us that life matters, not just work matters. And individuals really trying to lean in to hear what's going on with their teams, listen more effectively to the undertones of communications and people are really elevating their listening skills and communication skills. So we do a lot of work in terms of, I do a lot of work in terms of just listening to your people changes lives, right? List, being a better listener and being able to ask the right questions will help your people feel valued, heard, and understood. So I'm, I'm happy that with all of the conflict that this year has brought on, that um, people are finally kind of taking a step back and saying, you know, there's more going on here than many of us recognize. And we need to start listening, asking the right questions of our people and um, and taking care of those that are with us from an employment standpoint. Uh, yes, taking care of the employees that are with us of culture and investing in yourself first as a leader because you can't fill from an empty cup. But then also realizing that your people matter, probably more so than the products and services you sell, but it's the people that help you sell those products and services. Right. What are some of the right. things that, that you're seeing in the workplace as far as people who don't get culture right? Um, well, I mean, what we what we have always seen in, in economic downturns or difficult times is that individuals start to look, right? So we always say your leadership shows up in the difficult situations. And those that aren't leading well are also those organizations that won't have the, uh, the best talent with them coming out of this situation, right? So, you know, I think the reality is if you're a poor leader, it's going to show up now. And 
if you really think about business doesn't happen without people. And we need more and more people to understand that. And I don't mean just your immediate team. I mean, all of the people who are inside your organization, all of them matter. You have the opportunity to have them on your team. So help them bring out their greatest good and, um, and stop playing small, right? Let's really look at investing in those around us. You know, the other thing is those that are struggling or maybe lack leadership skills, lack empathy, lack EQ. Again, you need to look, self-evaluate. Now's a great time to take a 360 or to do something inside your organization to kind of pull out what is the heartbeat? How are we doing? How are my people doing? What are they saying? What are they experiencing? And, um, you know, and look at yourself in the mirror and see what you can do to create a positive impact. I love that answer. And I love the fact that you said get a pulse check uh, on the heartbeat of your team. One of the things that we do when we go into organizations is we try to get sentiment surveys where we look at getting conversations with key employees, employees from all across the org chart and say, hey, what's it really like to work here? Because sometimes if they don't have the trust uh, or if trust isn't built with the owner, CEO, founder, manager, whomever they report to, they're not going to share the real deal, but they're more likely to share with a trusted third party who will come in and say, hey, what's it really like? Because I'm here to fix it. And I think it's super important for leaders looking into 2020 to have those conversations with themselves yeah. first to say, hey, I'm ready to face the music. And yeah. in 2021, maybe you just say, hey, we need to face the music together and figure right. out what it takes to uh, to have a successful organization. And what I say is if you're not willing to do that, someone else is, right? And that's the organization that's going to win coming out of this, right? And I know that it's a difficult time. I know you know, from the clients I have in the restaurant and retail space. And, you know, and then I also know there's organizations that business-wise have an influx of business and that's creating its own challenges. But we have to listen to our people. We have to understand what is going on in their world so that we can help them succeed with the challenges that they're facing and also listen to where they believe they can bring the most value to our organizations. If you don't do that, someone else will. They'd be more than happy to take the great talent that's on your team and invest in them if you're not willing to. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. You alluded to it, Mike. I was going to ask you who's that someone else. And you could argue that that someone else is another employer. 
That's right. Uh, but you could also argue that that someone else is going to be someone who's a bad culture fit for your organization. Mm -hmm. And they could blow your organization up from the inside out by being the trusted voice and being the most influential voice in the room. And so as the leader of, of a business or an organization, whatever it is, uh, if you want to set great culture, I think you have to be the loudest influential voice in the room. Yeah, you certainly have, you know, I agree asking the right questions setting the right influence, setting the right expectations, right? If you're leading, leading with the expectations of how we will and will not operate, stay true to your core values. You know, another great exercise, Joey, we've been having organizations do, you know, look at your core values right now. How are you living them out? Are you living them out? Are there areas where you feel like, well, you know, right here, because of this situation and that situation, we really haven't lived that out to its fullest extent. Well, then it's not a core value. If you're not doing it, it's not a core value. You know, I also encourage everyone to really check ourselves in the lens on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. It needs to be a core value, not an event, not an exercise, right? And this is a great year to kind of dust off the core values and say, are we living these out? Is Are these the things that our employees are experiencing showing up? Not hearing what should be showing up, but experiencing and what is showing up. You know, we define corporate culture of the thousands and thousands of interactions individuals have each and every day in your environment. That's what ends up defining your culture, right? And again, a great time to take a pulse check, take a step back, ask the right questions and listen intently to those who speak up and share their thoughts and feedback. So Mike, let me, let me play a, uh... I don't want to say devil's advocate, angel's advocate here and say, uh, I'm the leader. No one knows this this place better than I do. What can my staff or what can my team tell me about our culture that I don't know? What would you say to someone who is so convinced that they have a better pulse on the organization than someone else in the organization? Yeah, I would argue, especially if that person's the CEO, president or owner, that you have no idea right? That your people are the ones experiencing what is showing up. You know, they, a lot of people say culture and leadership shows up when the leader leaves the room, right? The voices that are heard, the way people communicate, the way people act and respond. You know, there's a reason for the old adage of it's lonely at the top, right? There are things that go on, even for me as a leader of a couple of organizations and a business owner, I've worked for years to ensure my team knows I really need and want to know what is going on. And we've got a really carefrontation culture, right? Where if I'm giving feedback, if there's feedback to be given, you need to give it, right? And a lot of environments aren't like that, especially individuals who own or run a business, right? They see it through rose-colored glasses. They see it through their own filter. And, you know, what's what good is your own filter if you have 300 people or 3,000 people or 30 people working under you? You What matters most is what they're experiencing, not what you're experiencing. Mike, I love it. I love it. I, I work in like catchphrases and keywords. And I think for, for someone watching this, they, they should really face the filter. They should really face the views and perspective that they have about their organization and see if that really resonates with other people in the room. Because to your point, if you're in charge, you are probably more uh, optimistic 
about the organization. You're probably less realistic. You're probably less cynical. And so you need to be able to combat or address those perspectives in the organization to ensure that you have a good perspective of your organization and yeah. that the team that you, uh, as a leader, I think you support your team. So the team that you support has a has a fair and balanced understanding of the organization and the vision. Yeah, the other dynamic I'll add to that, Joey, is that we need our people to lead, right? You hired them for a reason. You know, I say often, you know, I can tell the health and the vibrancy of a culture based on the innovation, the empowerment, and the quality that is created by the team, right? The most innovative cultures are the ones that have the highest sense of trust for the leadership team because that allows you, enables you to take risk. It enables you to challenge what's taking place here. It enables you to ask the, the real questions, right? The, um, you know, I say often, don't bring us into the room if you don't want to talk about the elephants and the, you know, the uh, area, the sacred cows, right? Yeah. Um, we will put them on the table. And why? Because that's what moves organizations forward. Acting like no one wants to talk about it gets us nowhere, right? So when you have environments like that, that's what creates empowerment. I always say, bring out the greatest good of all people. Create an environment where people trust so much, they're willing to put their name on the line for the next big idea, the next challenge, the next opportunity that they see, right? That's when you know, when you're like, wow, look what's happening from every angle of our organization. And it's not coming from me or my executive team. That's when you, that's a good indicator that people are feeling empowered. They trust you. They trust the environment and they don't have to watch what's going on behind their back. So Mike, we can talk about this all the time and, all the time. You, you know, this is, this is our thing, right? But for the viewers who are watching this or listening on, on podcast, what's the why, you know, why is it important to fix this stuff? If you're a leader and, and you've got a certain way about doing things in your organization, why should people be listening to what you and I are saying now? And why should they go from listening and turn that into action? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, Joey, I'm a little bit biased in this particular conversation, right? If you're not going to lead a healthy environment, then you shouldn't be leading. If you're not going to, if you don't see people as the greatest asset and not just verbalize it, but act it. I mean, oftentimes when I speak in front of crowds and we talk about, you know, people are our greatest asset, right? That's the theme of the conference or whatever. The best question to start out with is, are they really, or is that just superficial, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our dynamic is you, if you're not willing to invest and build people up and help bring out their greatest good, then you shouldn't be in a leadership role, right? Go back to what you were best at from a technical perspective and deliver those results, right? But, you know, especially as an employer, if you're a, you know, an HR executive, if you're a business leader or business owner or functional leader, like this needs to be your top priority because people are everything, right? Business doesn't happen without people. And many times organizations are like, we just can't, you know, we're constantly missing our strategic goals and objectives. We must have all the wrong people you know, we argue that you really need to check yourself. It might not be the people you're hiring. It might be the environment you're putting them in, right? So the ROI is there. I mean, higher, more healthier, holistic cultures, you know, outperform organizations by up to like 400%. 
And that's the reality. Business doesn't happen without people. And it is critical for us all to recognize that. So that's the win there. That's the why. It's making sure that you have a, an organization that's not just, just making it and limping along, but really is in a position to thrive, succeed, grow, innovate, yeah. and produce more revenue for the company. Yeah. And greater impact on the community that you're in, right? I mean, I always love going into an organization and figuring out what are physical location, how are they creating an impact within a five to 25 mile radius of their organization, right? So it's not just you create greater profits and greater ROI, you also have the opportunity to do something proactive with those profits that create even longer and more sustainable impact in the community that you're in. You know, another indicator to see how healthy the environment is, right? We all know that giving back is important and it's very important to the people that you're serving as you're giving back. However, from a workplace perspective, those organizations that enable others in the organization to give back typically get fulfillment too, right? They typically, they feel like, you know, I'm all out here investing in others, but usually the greatest ROI is what stirs up inside of them and another way to create fantastic engagement. You know, show me an organization that's looking outside the walls of their business on how to create impact by the service and quality and innovation they have internally. And I'll show you an organization that has very high engagement levels. That's awesome. And I, I think we can wrap this conversation up with the bow right now and get on to our uh, Thanksgiving prep. So on the note of Thanksgiving, let me just ask you, you know, as a leader, what are, what are you grateful for? What are you most grateful for? Yeah. So boy, it's a year. It's a great question to ask all of us during this year, right? You know, I certainly am grateful for this community, the, the community that helped you and I connect, um, the community that's put so many HR leaders from around the world together that bring passions and uh, excitement to the work that we do. You know, winning at work matters. Winning at work matters. But also what matters is the health and success of the relationships that you have and the communities in life that you live, right? So the other piece that I'm, I'm of course, family, you know, this year has been, uh, my wife has been by my side relentlessly this year in some really difficult times as a business owner. You know, so I'm not just a consultant, but I've got 16 employees that work in one of our organizations and over 40 consultants that work um, inside the Talent Magnet Institute. So 16 at Centennial and over 40 at Talent. That's a lot of responsibility in a year that's, you know, really unknown. The other piece is my team. You know, again, I, I do strive to practice what I preach. And I'm very grateful for my team and their relentless pursuit of customer excellence and high levels of communication and trust inside our organizations. Awesome. What a, what a great note to, to end the episode on. If you like this episode of Winning at Work, can we just give some, some love to Mike? Uh, how can people connect with you on social media, Mike? And what's the link to your, to TMI? Yep. So uh, Mike Sipple JR, you can pretty much find me on any social channel, Mike Sipple JR. Um, you can also look up uh, MikeSippleJR.com and connect with me on Instagram, um, certainly here on LinkedIn and Facebook are kind of my primaries. I'm also active on Twitter, um, but not as much as Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook. So um, if you go to TalentMagnetInstitute.com backslash boss, 
Um, there's a free downloadable that I wanted to offer to all of you, uh, courtesy of Joey, and in support of all the incredible work that he does. Um, it's some um, quick tips on how to be a better boss and leader, and uh, we hope you'll take us up on it. Well, Mike, it's been a pleasure. I don't know about you, man, but I'm going to go and uh, hit some exercise for a bit so I can make room for <laughs> all go. the food that I'm going to eat. But uh, that's right. Uh, I wish you well. I wish your family well. I wish your business ventures well. And I'm grateful that you came on and helped me close out this season of winning at work, career, hosting conversations by HR pros. And we'll see everybody in 2021. Got some good surprises for you. But until then, go through and check out the older episodes. They're all great. And if you love Mike, you're going to love some of our other guests as well. So have a great Thanksgiving weekend. And I'll see you all in 2021. Build a better life with your